Hey everyone, welcome to episode 133 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina, with a special focus on the SCG Tour. We are your hosts, I'm Chris Castor-Apple, with me as always, fresh off of a top 8 finish in SCG Indianapolis, Collins Mullen. Hey Collins! What's up Chris? Congrats! Thanks! You were playing uh, (laughs) Inverter. Yes, so I played Inverter in Pioneer Mm -hmm. uh, in Indy last weekend, made top 8. It was really good. <laughs> well, you know, Inverter, the clear choice for the tournament. Yeah. Still a little bit of a surprise that you ended up playing Inverter. <laughs> right. I mean, I had been talking about how I didn't want to touch that deck. Mm-hmm. I And also this whole year I've been on a kick of I just want to play what I enjoy mm-hmm. more than play what I think the best deck is. The difference for this tournament, though, is that I explored a lot of the other options for Pioneer and just really kind of failed to find anything playable that suited my fancy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll play Inverter. And, you know, sure enough, deck's great. It's um, pretty good. Yeah. It it looked... Disgu- I'd watch coverage all weekend long and just pretty much didn't lose to anything except the mirror all weekend long when, yeah. when it was on camera. My losses in the Swiss were to twice to blue-white control... And once to the green Stompy guy that made top eight. Mm-hmm. I think that your matchup against the Stompy guy is really good, but you know sometimes you get stompied. <laughs> so that happened to me. But uh, yeah, and then the blue white control matchup, I can definitely go in depth on. Yeah, uh, both of my opponents had excellent post board plans that gotcha. caught me off guard. So yeah, let's definitely talk um, about that when we talk about sort of just yeah pioneer and the implications of this deck going and its performance this weekend going forward that's that's a big yeah. thing for yeah for, for today sure. before we get started want to thank our new patrons thank you so much to steven w thank you for to sam g for upping your pledge that's super cool and michael g i believe that is grims who took a hi- hiatus from magic but is back so we love to have you back we really appreciate it Thanks to everybody so much for your support. If you would like to head over to our Patreon and lend us some support, that's patreon.com slash mtggrindcast, and we'll send you a shirt and all the other stuff. So Nice. Thanks so much to everybody. Yep. Appreciate it. Do you have a keeper mole for us today? I sure do. Great. <laughs> so this is the hand. This is my seven that I looked at in game three of my top eight match against Pete Ingram. Mm-hmm. So it's just been on an absolute unbeatable, unbeatable tear. Lately. I had him. <laughs> I, I had him. And then oh. he, he flipped his deck and then he hit, yeah. he hit the dig through time, which is what he needed to make his deck small enough. To... So, yeah. So he had he flipped 11 cards mm-hmm. and he was going to get to draw one of them. Three of them killed me. Mm-hmm. Two of the heroes downfalls and one dig. Yes. And then I think everything else I would be like easily beat. But yeah, anyways, a bit of an aside there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so my hand in game three, I'm on the play. Mm-hmm. Fabled Passage is my only land. Thought Seize, Thought Seize, Mystical Dispute, Thought Erasure, Dig Through Time, and an Opt. Mm-hmm. So kind of a risky one on the play and definitely awkward in a lot of ways because... Right. So I have the Fable Passage, so I'm not going to be able to cast any of my one-mana spells on turn one. And I have to pick between getting the island to opt to try to hit my land drops mm-hmm. or 
getting swamped for my double thought sees. Right. I think that one's pretty clear. You, you just, need to get, you just get the jobs. island. Yeah. Um, and, and the opt is like hopefully going to dig you there. But yeah, I thought this was uh, an interesting one. And yeah. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Well, so my concern here is a couple of things. Uh, number one, without any additional lands in our hand, a lot of the lands that we can hit off of this opt that we cast on turn two mm-hmm. aren't actually going to cast the Thoughtseize. Yeah, not a lot of lands in our deck cast, so, cast Thoughtseize. So Choked Estuary doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Fable Passage doesn't do it. Island doesn't do it. We're... It's pretty much just Swamp. I mean, so it's a decent chunk. Right. It's four Watery Graves, four... What's the... The Jack land, land that I... <laughs> I don't know. Drowned Catacomb. Yeah, four Drowned Catacomb and then three Swamps. Yeah. So... It's not terrible. It's 11. Right. It's not the worst. You get two... You get three looks at it. Yeah. But, you know, like, if you see another... If you see pretty much any land with your opt, right, you have to take that. Yeah, you can't yeah. bottom in search of and, an untapped black source. And honestly, though, that that wasn't a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. I was pretty fine going Fabled Passage, go, like, opt. If, if I brick, opt for a land, play it tapped even, yeah. pass again, and then start unloading these discard effects. Right. It's important. To, the most important thing is to get the, get the discard effect mm-hmm. on the stack before they cast Narset. So you yes. can get the Narset out of their right. hand. And but it is possible that like say I like opt into a land mm-hmm. and then I play like maybe it play, comes to play tapped or something, and then like I don't hit another black source, then all I'm doing the following turn is thought seizing. Yeah. So that's like kind of an extra risk. I need I need these lands to start flowing, it feels like. Right. Yeah. And I guess my other concern is that He's kind of getting the first crack at the discard spell, mm-hmm. and it's possible that he just takes your opt and you get punked out of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny you mention that because in my game two against Zach Allen and my winning in, mm-hmm. I kept a similar hand on the draw with an opt. Yep. And he thought seized me and took my opt. But then you drew lands. And then I and then I drew opt into lands. <laughs> I even got to kind of cheekily like opt scry, show him the land that I'm scrying and putting it into my hand. <laughs> I was scared when you passed the turn with the opt because I I was concerned that he was going to mystical dispute your opt. Oh sure, and yeah, yeah. You would die there, but he did not have the dispute. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, may, it, it might have been correct in main phase. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah. So this hand, any any verdict before I give my spiel? I think it's really close. But in a Thoughtseize matchup, I tend to err towards not mulliganing hands that are, like, okay or have some of the tools. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up keeping this hand, Mm -hmm. and here's why. The discard is kind of the only thing that you can be doing early, Mm -hmm. and it's far and away the best thing that you can be doing early. You're pretty much always hitting some powerful two-for-one card. Um, and that's all that the matchup is about. It's you, Narsets and Dig Through Time. Narset, Dig Through Time, Jace, like all of these cards are very pr- oppressive and can like snowball you into mm-hmm. a win. And uh, being able to trade your discard for those spells is really good. And I don't mind having just like a huge density of discard because... Either I can strip my opponent's hand of all of their stuff, mm-hmm. or like if I it, like even in the scenario where I thought sees them and they only really have like one thing I want to take. Uh, in this matchup, it's 
actually really powerful to like hold your discard right. until like a turn that you want to go for something or like right before the turn that they can cast a powerful spell and there's a lot of hand refilling it's not yeah. like a jund mirror right. where after turn three or four like drawing thought seasons yeah. is atrocious right like yeah and this there's a dig in this hand already mm -hmm. so like you know interact 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 dig is like the best thing i could possibly imagine right. so i figured that as long as i hit my lands I was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So I was actually, like, a little nervous about this hand. Yeah, sure. But pretty happy with it. Mm -hmm. Because I figured that, like, all right, if I get there, then I, I'm really getting there. And I, I feel really far ahead. As it happened, I ripped a watery grave as my first draw step. So I was able to just uh, shock Thoughtseize with opt or dispute up. Mm -hmm. And we were really cruising. Yeah. And I, I felt really far ahead in the early stages of that game well um, you looked ahead for pretty much the entire yeah, thing I, I was ahead for the pretty much the entire thing but the thing about the inverted mirror is that sometimes you're in a spot where you just have to jam mm -hmm. and i found that jamming is extremely powerful in the mirror like it, it, sometimes your opponent just like can't do anything about it mm -hmm. and there's certainly a lot of ways to like dig for specific answers so it can be risky but yeah, uh, he just found a spot where he was like, right, backs against the wall, got a jam, make me make me have right. it. Well, and on a um, lot of those spots, jamming is good because the only card they could have that punishes you there is actual mystical dispute. Right. Like, yeah. That that seems that seemed to be a lot of the games that ended was mm -hmm. just like a mystical dispute check turn. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, it's a good tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, inverter pretty much dominated the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, both of the finals were inverter. Four of the top eight were inverter. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just felt great. Like I, I didn't really come close to losing to anything other than the the one stomp guy and the two blue white. Yeah, let's players. hear about that blue white plan for sure like, yeah because I mean, we're just kind of sort of going over how the weekend went and that's that's really interesting oh, i'm having trouble remembering this guy's name who was the blue eye control player that top eight in the top eight i'll look it up but you can yeah so i played against him in the swiss and he so you know sean mogelgaard yeah sean mogelgaard he was playing blue eye control and i kind of figured that post board the blue eye control player really shifts into like a different like more proactive mm -hmm. deck like the cards that they're really leaning on are like gideon of the trials and um i figured that they were going to be monastery mentors and those cards can be pretty annoying mm -hmm. but uh sean ended up going really hard on the proactive threats uh post board he had gideon of the trials and gideon or alive zendikar uh and elspeth Okay. And just like a lot of like, I and I'm pretty sure there are mentors in there somewhere, but uh, just like a, a, a huge density of like, like cards that were hard to interact with from the inverter cards that mm -hmm. I had and very proactive and just like trying to beat me down and disrupt me a little bit, but not really try to play this like draw go game plan. Right. Because the draw go game plan is just not going to work against yeah. inverter. Inverter is going to crush you on that access. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of got steamrolled by just like all of the Gideons. I remember there was one turn where I like set something up and held up a dispute and then I just got demolished by a Gideon. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't do anything to me. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, good job to the blue white control players, especially yeah. Sean. Uh, Sean was crushing the tournament. If you're going to show up with blue white control to mm -hmm. this, to a pioneer open, 
like you certainly had to have a plan for inverter that works. Yeah, because yeah. the deck at, just as a normal like Wrath of God counterspell deck is not going to do it. Right. Yeah. And kind of a, a, a funny note from the weekend. I remember like watching like people vote for which top eight match that they wanted to play, and like eighty percent of people voted for the blue white control deck versus Stompy just because yeah. there wasn't any inverter. But that matchup's like a it's, ninety ten. Yeah, it was the worst. <laughs> the worst two games of Magic I watched all weekend long. It was just like uh, from turn three, Stompy was at zero percent to win. Right. Yeah. 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 Checks out. <laughs> like the the like Sean got super flooded, mm -hmm. but he had an Elspeth, and Elspeth just embarrassed like rotting Regisaur and Lovestruck Beast, yeah. and and just like he cast that a couple of times, and then drew a Teferi. Yeah. And then the game just ended. <laughs> yeah. So that, I thought that was funny, but I mean, people people don't like Invert. I mean, and I like that makes sense. I get it. I tried not to play it. The mirrors are. I, I, I totally get, like, if you're just sitting at home, you're, you know, you are a Magic player, you like playing some Pioneer, you yep. don't want to keep watching Inverter play over and over again. Yeah. But the mirrors between good players playing Inverter Fascinating. were in yep. just so in-depth. Right. Everything matters. The yep. number of cards in your graveyard matters. <laughs> yeah. The number of cards in their graveyard matters. Like, right. Yeah. Like, Jace, do I target you or do I target myself? And, like, that decision can be game-altering. Yeah, and it was like like it, several times and you know pete ingram was playing like out of his mind mm -hmm. but you know several times you watch him he'd have a jason play you know flip the die to plus it and then you'd think for like 15 or 20 seconds about who to target with that ability <laughs> yeah. it's really hard yeah yeah oh man oh, there was one kind of devastating moment in our game two i was up a game and i was ahead on game two as well against pete and and we're both on nothing and I play my Thassa's Oracle as my last card in hand, and he has no cards in hand. And I scry a Jace to the top. Mm -hmm. And then he rips, and he opts into a Jace and pluses on me and mills my Jace. <sighs> and I was like, devastating. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, right. The, I, I actually found that the mirrors were a lot of fun to play. And yeah, super, super skill intensive. Because you, you even get down to these, like really unintuitive like you know every single card in your opponent's deck or both <laughs> of you know every single card in your deck and you have to figure it's like it it feels a lot like a chess match yeah. to be honest where you just like have all the information and you have to figure out like which line is going to work out the best and how to best like do all the things so it's a very different kind of magic i'm reminded a little bit of you know i played a fair amount of hearthstone when it was new mm -hmm. And I had a really hard time getting the hang of things like Control Warrior Mirrors or, like, Control Warrior versus, like, Priest Control. Because, like, Hearthstone is very different from Magic because a lot of these control matchups are almost guaranteed to go, like, you will draw every card in your deck. Yeah. Uh, and then they go to fatigues and it's not you don't deck yourself you take one damage and then two damage <laughs> and then three damage as yeah. you draw from an empty library yeah so the amount of just like micromanagement that you need to do like each card sort of has a specific role in that matchup right. and if somebody if somebody like wastes their grom on killing like nonsense minions or something like that then that can just be you know on turn 10 of a 25 turn game mm -hmm. it can be decided yeah. and you just have to play the rest of the game but yeah. everybody who knows right. how to play that matchup and is watching knows like oh he wasted that very important card yeah 
yeah, he's not going to be able to do this thing with it. Yeah, and I actually felt this like that exact like concept play out in my game two against Zach Allen, mm-hmm. where I got him to use all of his hero soundfalls. Yeah, and then we got into the sports state where we both had a Narset out and a Jace out, mm-hmm. so we were both just like taking up our Jaces, and our Jaces were both at like you know ten. Right, but uh, neither of you were drawing and, cards. But I had a downfall instead of my deck, mm-hmm. and Zach was out of his downfalls. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't draw some other like threat to win the game, I, I was just like hundred percent to win uh-huh. on that spot. And I think he did have a couple of other threats that he could have found. Like he had like an Ash, like a big Ashiok or something. I mm-hmm. saw a couple of inverter players playing mm. the big Ashiok, but uh, it was just essentially a race of like, am I going to find my last downfall before he like draws a threat or mills uh, your downfall or your downfall gets milled? I guess could also. Well, and then also we had to figure out who we were going to target with our Jaces. Because he figured that his best way of winning was targeting himself and trying to deck himself before I found my downfall. Mm -hmm. And once he starts doing that, I can't help him. Right. So I have to target myself as well. (laughs) But then I also figured, like, and then I got a JVP flipped. So, so then I'm really digging myself. Yeah. And, and then, because um, then if I, yeah, if I mill my downfall, I can flash it back. Yeah. So, so then you are kind of drawing three, you know, two extra cards yeah, a turn. Yeah. yeah. I fell way far ahead. We actually didn't finish our game two because we went to time and I yeah. was up a game. But, but it looked like you were going to win yeah, that one. Yeah, it I did felt, not look yeah. like you had pulled one over on him or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact that's the second uh, open win and in that I've won 1 0. <laughs> so, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these these particular mirrors are very hard. You go through a lot of cards. You have yeah. a lot of really important micro decisions. Yeah. And, and Zach and I were playing at a reasonable like, I don't think that we yeah. were playing too slowly. It was hard um, for me to tell because it was time shifted. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, the, the whole match took about 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 Went to time. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But in my mind, I was like, man, they're playing They're You know, they're definitely playing at a good pace. Well, so. Yeah, we were doing it. I actually felt really, I was like really proud of my pace of play this whole weekend. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, especially when I go deep in tournaments, I like get nervous and I tank a lot. And, and I found very frequently that when I'm doing well in tournaments, I'm getting solo play warnings. Mm-hmm. But that never, like, it never came up that a judge like prompted me or anything like that. So. That's good. Good job. Yeah. And I've talked about that. That's something I'm working on. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So if you had a Pioneer tournament like this weekend... Mm. Like what? What's gonna happen in Pioneer? Is this just the best deck? Is there a way to attack it? I just like, play Pete's seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pete's specifically because he was the most geared for the mirror out of all of the inverter decks I've seen. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? He had three downfalls, mm-hmm. two Narset main, and two Dispute main. Mm-hmm. Three JVP. Okay. And no pack rat, right? No pack rat. Yeah. No. I pack rat was bad <laughs> i i literally only came in in the mirror i don't even think it was good against blue white post board yeah. just because they were doing a lot of gideon stuff mm. um and i was thinking about that i was like in theory it seems good to be able to pressure a gideon but it just never works out that way right uh, plus they keep in like some number of sweepers so it's not Right. Like and out. if you have two or three rats and they have Gideons and then they cast a Bream Verdict, to like... Right, yeah. You're just, just dead. Well, bad. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, like, aside from the specific scenario where you play your pack rat on turn two and it goes unanswered and you just, like, kill your inverter opponent in the mirror, mm-hmm. 
like sometimes you draw it late and then it's like your opponent like if you're not in control of the game your opponent can just like dig into their answer for it because yeah. everybody brings in uh like one legions in, in the mirror because it legions in still hits jvp which is everybody has and then um in the dark i was mys bringing in one legions end in uh no matter what and then I, I would bring in a second one if i saw the pack rat but uh it's just pretty easy to answer aside from the few games where y- you don't have your answer and it just like lands on turn two yeah and i mirror. i think multiple times we saw pete play a mirror mm-hmm. and his opponent would do pack rat mm-hmm. get him down to like three or something like that yeah and then pete would like play narset play dig through time find the legion's end yeah and then all that effort is there's no way to deal that last three damage it's impossible yeah like you don't have other contributor beats right it's just never gonna happen yeah Yeah. you don't have other damage sources in your deck so uh it's not getting helped by anything yeah so not not super impressed by pack rat there was one frustrating game where pete's opponent kept end stepping the pack rat activation instead of getting the extra like one damage, one turn, extra two damage the next turn. Was this Julian? No, it was not Julian. Okay. Uh, it, I don't remember who it was. It was during the Swiss. Okay. And uh, th- there wasn't really a good reason to hold up mana. Mm-hmm. And then the his, he ended up at three when mm-hmm. he drew the Legion's End. And yeah. if his opponent had main phased the, the pack rat activations, he'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah, Julian actually had a line to win in his in his top four match against Pete where he had four mana up in Pete's instep and instead of making another rat that would have been lethal, mm-hmm. he dug mm-hmm. and got disputed. Mm-hmm. And that was, and so that was like a time walk and then okay. he didn't have lethal on the next uh, swing. So, gotcha. Yeah, that was definitely a match where I think Packrat could have gotten there. But like, even in that match, Julian had to set up Hold up downfall for Legion's end, downfall to kill his own, own rat rat. target. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was pretty sick and like, you know, really heads up play. Mm-hmm. But like, even despite that, yeah, Pete was able to win. I think I might have missed that match. I don't, that, that match was on camera. I, I must have missed it somehow. But sure. yeah, that's too bad. Um, but yeah, so right, moving forward, uh, I would just. I would just play an inverter deck that's tuned for the mirror. Yeah. And it, it you do have to walk some sort of balance. My deck, like, I felt pretty good about my post-board configuration in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the third downfall, and I think that moving forward, that's just correct. Okay. But I only had two Narset main and one uh, Dispute. I think that going to Narset and to Dispute might be a little too extreme because you are giving up equity in your other matchups. Mm-hmm. But every other matchup you just kind of crush anyway. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> well, and that's the thing. is like, it's also fine against Spirits too. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Narset's not at its best against Spirits, no, but Narset's certainly bad. Dispute is very good. Yeah. And it might even... That might even be a good argument to swap the numbers that I had and go to Dispute, one Narset main. I'm, Narset just looked like out of this world so all weekend good. long yeah so narset into narset or narset into dig was just yeah really really strong and that was just the most important thing in a lot of the mirrors was if some if one player established a narset mm-hmm. then the other player could not draw cards with their jace yeah. and that was huge like you yeah. have to heroes downfall this narset on one right yeah yeah that came up a, a lot and that's why everybody 
I think it, like all of the inverted players had three narsets in their 75 mm-hmm. for that reason. And the reason I wanted to play two in the main was just because it's just the best thing that you can do because sometimes your opponent just like slams their jace on four and then if you can respond to that by like untap narset mm-hmm. you're really far ahead yeah so yeah definitely unless they just go inverter and then win the game on their turn but but they can't because they can't draw a card oh that's true i guess they can't draw the card so right right, right. right. yeah yeah so it's yeah 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 <laughs> very clever yeah no narset's just great so yeah i right i think i would go to narset to dispute me yeah i would just play pete 75 okay could definitely he's do been worse. winning with his deck for a reason i think it's yeah very good other choices so interestingly in the classic there were no inverter decks in the top eight yes, like one or two. two yeah i'm just wondering if that's what it is <laughs> Did they just all day two and yeah i like there there was a surprisingly low amount of inverter players in the room mm-hmm. i played no mirrors on day one and the only two mirrors I played all weekend were my win and in and in the top eight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty strange there. So, but I'm pretty sure I just kind of dodged them until I couldn't anymore because yeah. they hit all also one. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I think people just don't enjoy playing this deck for whatever reason. I think it's gotten a really bad rap. Interesting. Um, but it's really just like a blue black planeswalker mid range deck. That just has like a crazy yeah, win people condition. Hate it. It's just like I like I didn't like it. Like people love playing blue white control, <laughs> right? Like this is like yeah. fatal push control, right? Right. That's not that. No, it's crazy. Not I think everybody's just mad that it's that it's good. <laughs> it's, I mean, maybe. I like look. I looked for something else to do in sure. this format. I figured that breach would be unplayable this weekend. It was. It's real. If everybody's main decking um, narsets, then that makes it right. Way worse. Yeah, it's really yeah. Uh, Narsets and Disputes in the main. So you don't even get your free wins against game one yeah. inverter. And then post-board, your inverter matchup is a nightmare because they all have three Narsets and then two Damping Spheres to find with their Narsets. Jeez. Yeah, you're just pretty far behind in that matchup now. Mm-hmm. Right, and like the Thought Seizes keep you from being able to punk them out on like mm-hmm. turn three or whatever, yeah. and then they just kind of lock you out of the right. game. Yeah, and everybody's running like seven discard spells now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's running... Four thought sees three thought erasure. Mm-hmm. It seems like is w- what people have decided on. Yeah, um, yeah, which is kind of crazy. Like you know, Pete had that configuration, and uh, like a lot of other people I saw had that configuration. Um, but the night before, I was like scratching my head over like whether or not I wanted to add the third erasure into my deck. <laughs> I did, and it was great. So I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, but that's Pioneer. Yeah, I know. Zan ha- was very close with Spirits and just, yeah. like, lost a couple very late to mm-hmm. end up in 16th place. I believe he was main decking three Mystical Disputes. Yes. Was kind of the the key to making that deck work right now. Yeah, the Mystical Disputes, I think, were really good for him. They, uh, so, right, Zan and Jeremy played that mm-hmm. deck. Uh, they did really well. Yeah. Just, to, like, get in, the, like, the last three rounds, I think, that they both, like, lost a couple, so. I had to watch Zan play against Mono White Heliod and... Like, oh, yeah. Looking at it just like before the match, I was like, I don't know. This match might be fine for Zan. Like, he's got like creatures with flying, right? And that's really hard for them to interact with. Mm-hmm. But his opponent drew so many removal spells. Yeah. Um, just like Zan could not keep a lord in play. Mm-hmm. And then once Walking Ballista came down, right, the game just ended. Yeah. So I was hearing him talk about that where his opponent drew like four baffling ends or something like that. Yeah. And it uh, was a lot. Zan was just like praying for a detention sphere the whole time because <laughs> yeah. he just wins on the spot. It's yeah. like all your baffling ends. Um, he did get to deck in stone three 
Knight of the White Orchid. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, so he won that game. Yeah. Because um, there was a tempo-y game and his opponent did not have the chance the to... The time to draw all those cards. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But just like the number of removal spells, like a removal spell for every lord and then a walking ballista eventually is mm-hmm. is very good against spirits. So that was that was kind of painful to watch. Yeah. So yeah, that is Pioneer. Um, um, yeah. I... I yeah, I think the inverter's got to go at some point. <laughs> I think, well, so, okay, so what if Dig Through Time gets banned? Great. Then, you know, like that, you think that, because I don't think just like Inverter Thassa's Oracle is necessarily like a ban-worthy combo. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 Thassa's Oracle, Inverter, and Dig Through Time mm-hmm. is the three-card combo. Okay. Because being unable to clear out your graveyard there and are... also losing a lot of your ability to put yeah. stuff together... Right. There are some games where you, like, invert on turn four and then have the Thassa's Oracle. And typically those games are against, like, aggro decks that can't mm-hmm. interact at all. Yeah. And that happens sometimes and is very powerful. And the fact that the deck can do that against red decks is kind of a problem because the wheel of Pioneer is disrupted when the combo deck beats every macro archetype Mm. it beats control it beats the other combo decks and it beats aggro yeah and the fact that it beats up on aggro kind of like disrupts this like rock paper scissors right thing that needs to exist for a healthy format because we don't have any aggro deck i mean spirits kind of but we don't really have an aggro deck that is able to like go thalia shut shut down the combo deck right kill you yeah so, right. So, yeah. Dig Through Time has to go just because, yeah, I mean, like, in most of your matches, the combo is not just, like, you know, A and B. It's, like, I have A, and I drew Dig, and that means that I have now have no graveyard, and I found B. Mm-hmm. Every time you cast Dig Through Time, the whole tournament, I was like, all right, this Dig needs to hit this, and I just did every, every <laughs> single time. <laughs> so, like, I'm playing all four ofs, and yeah. you look at seven cards, and you're like, all right, I need to find, you know, untapped land and inverter is, like, the most common one and the easiest thing to hit. Or or it's like, all right, you know, I need to find Thoughtseize and, uh, you know, either a Jason or an Oracle, and mm-hmm. you just do, because you're running seven Thoughtseizes and, and eight of the other. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, who would have imagined that Dig Through Time could, would be broken? <laughs> who would have thought? Crazy. Yeah. So Dig Digs needs to go at some point. Uh, I'll probably, like, if I have another Pioneer Tournament, I'll do some exploration. But, yeah, Inverter's just... Inverter seemed very good. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to, like, attack it. There's no, like, clear way. Don't bring in Graveyard Hate. Yeah. Don't... Just doesn't don't, work. Don't do it. <laughs> I know people did it at the Pro Tour and thought it was good. It just doesn't work. Just don't do that. Okay. <laughs> no Leyline, no Tormod's Crypt, none of that Tormod's stuff. Crypt in particular sounds atrocious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I guess it, it might even be necessary from the mono-red player's perspective because they just can't beat turn four inverter mm. with a, another, like, with a blue spell in hand. Yeah. Um, so if they can so just, if they put just the like, Tormod's have out Crypt the Tormod's play. Crypt, yeah. you just turn off that, like, line. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But it's... Yeah, know. no monorad just pretty bad right now. I mean, yep. the the monocolor aggro decks cannot keep up with inverter, mm-hmm. and so you know that we don't see monorad, we don't see mono black is just not a, a thoughtsies <laughs> and some guys is not going to beat thoughtsies and dig through times and removal. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Discard is just not w- 
where it needs to be for mono black to be good. Mm-hmm. You can't, you just can't play like a bunch of two ones and, and discard and yeah. expect it to get there. I did hear like, and this is funny, and I was joking about how I hear this before every single Pioneer tournament. People are all like, like low key, I think that mono black is like really busted for this weekend. I, I hear that every single time, and every single time it like puts like one copy into day two and it has like a 30% win, <laughs> win rate. Like I think Harlan was the only mono black player to day two. And then he had like kind of a medium. The like I don't know. Only mono black player to day two. That's really bad numbers. Right. Yeah. yeah. So my prediction came true again. <laughs> People are like, you know, low key. I'm like really worried about mono black. I think it's a really good choice for that. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> that deck's just not good. No. At least the <laughs> mono white deck, which is much more of a mid range deck, but at least that thing can punk you out with its own combo. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I want to do a very quick mini standard update. We had the DreamHack Open this weekend. Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. It yeah. was pretty sweet. I mostly heard about it because whenever I pulled up Twitch, I just wanted to watch the Open mm-hmm. and not DreamHack. But from from what I have heard and the little bit that I did see, the production was very cool. Yeah. Um, commentary was great. The publicity given to the tournament beforehand and the like ability for people to sign up like a bunch of stuff was really unclear people didn't know like what kind of dream hack ticket you had to have beforehand in mm-hmm. order to register for the event and so we ended up with under 100 players registered for this hundred thousand dollar tournament yeah yeah that was definitely the storyline of like <laughs> our saturday yeah it's just like wait a minute <laughs> what am i doing here yeah, why didn't i fly to dream hack so yeah so one by Teamer Adventures. Yeah. I heard that the top four of DreamHack was number one on ladder mm-hmm. versus Alan Wu, who just top eight of the PT. Yes. Uh, and then the other match was number two on ladder versus Austin Bersovich, who just top eight of the PT. Right. So and I, I think stacked top four. And I think another thing that I heard is that like Alan and Austin are like number one one and number two on the ELO project or something like that, or at least oh, like yeah, both yeah. top 10 on the ELO project right now. Right. Yeah. So, you know, definitely pretty stacked. I, I, from my understanding is that the 97 people in the tournament was like half local, like serious grinders mm-hmm. and then half like name pros who flew in to play in it. So, yeah. you yeah, know, checks out relatively serious tournament. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Teamer adventures specifically, you, Cannot beat it with blue-white control. Okay. Uh, it's like a 90-10 matchup, basically. Solid. Clover is just not a threat that you have an answer to, mm-hmm. and it just makes them accrue way more value than you over the course of the game. Okay. And uh, basically, same thing with Edgewall Innkeeper. It's just too cheap to deal with, even yeah. when you Wrath. Like, they've gotten too much value off of their stuff, and then they can sneak stuff in and just value you out over the game, and you just... Because your catch-all answers are Teferi and Elspeth Conquers Death, and their good permanents are less than three mana, Yeah, neither of those do a good job of answering them. So cool. um, that's its position in the metagame, is to crush blue-white. And, you know... It seems like it has fine matchups against everything else as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it seemed like the player who won got really rewarded for finding and mastering this teamer adventures deck yeah uh, and he's been playing it on ladder for a million years you yeah. know he had like 40 hours pl- 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 he had like 40 <laughs> hours logged with like that 75 yeah like you know he's been he's been crushing with it and it showed and he won the tournament and if you want to beat blue white this weekend at an iq or something 
I'm unfortunately going to be showing up to an IQ probably with blue-white control, <laughs> so hopefully people haven't quite caught on yet nice. in the local paper metagame. Yeah. All right, but the more immediate sort of like serious tournament that we've got going on, we've got regionals coming up in two weeks. Yeah. So we've got some modern to work on for the first time in a little bit. Yes. I've been, I, I dived into modern a little mm-hmm. bit this week already. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. So there are three things that really have my interest right now in modern. The first one is kind of the default deck, mm-hmm. which is the Amulet Titan. Yep. I think that the deck has become a lot easier to play, so I'm a little less intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with just like the lines are a lot simpler with, with the new Dryad. Yeah, with Dryad of the Elysian yep. Grove. Right, because there's, there's fewer lines of like... I have to get multiple Titans in play and attacking this turn or whatever. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. I mean, you, that's that's like a two amulet thing, but yeah. like... You have to jump through a lot of... You had to jump through a lot of hoops in order to, like, kill your opponent previously, mm-hmm. but now you just, like, have this, like, win button. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy. So uh, so that's, I, I think, pretty clearly, like, the best deck right now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put some time into it. But before I get there, there are two combo decks that have really piqued my interest. One of which is this inverter deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last week I played a good amount of uh, Ad Nauseum because I thought, like, positionally in the metagame it was intriguingly strong. And I was really interested by these four Thassa's Oracle builds of Ad Nauseum. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. And then when I played the Ad Nauseum deck, the Thassa's Oracles way overperformed and mm-hmm. i killed way more people with like spoils for nothing into right. thassa's oracle spoils oracle is like that seems extremely powerful to yeah me. i mean it is a three card combo because you still need your angel's grace or yeah. or yeah. unlife mm-hmm. but it's very lean yeah. and one part of the combo is a tutor in yeah. situations where you're not just doing that combo right exactly so like so it's just four mana for angel's grace spoils thassa's oracle and but you can even do it with five mana if you have like double mm-hmm. spoils and one angel's grace effect right um, or something like that so uh, so I was really really impressed with that like side of things and then I like kind of put it down and focus on pioneer but then I saw over the weekend somebody just took out all the ad nauseums and put in the inverter combo into the deck and I was like this is brilliant <laughs> and on top of that they had shell dock isles the shell docks. Which Seems very sweet, yeah. Uh, I've been really impressed with mm-hmm. because you can just shell dock and you have eight Thassa's Oracle effects between Thassa's Oracle and the Jace. Yeah, so you're pretty likely to hit one of those. And then all you need to do is deck yourself, and then you can just crack your shell dock for a win, essentially. And you don't even need spot. to do it that turn. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, if if you had to like burn some resources, burn some mana to deck yourself, yeah, you can shell dock Isle in your upkeep, right. And that's, you know, that's definitely really cool where sometimes, like, I inverted with no cards in my graveyard, mm-hmm. but I had a Shell Dock Isle, so on my upkeep I could just yeah win. Yeah. So. The builds that I've seen definitely feel a little bit off. There's just some clunkiness there. I, I've been pretty impressed with the consistency. Okay. I've heard people talking about clunkiness. That's not really what I've felt so far. My biggest concern from the matches that I've played... And granted, I'm only three leagues in. Mm-hmm. So far from what I've seen is like, I think the inverter element is still really strong. And you, so few of your cards go to your graveyard mm-hmm. that you like haven't like maxed three cards in your graveyard at any given point. 
most of the time when I've gotten burned on inverter, it's because my opponent like like shattered one of my artifacts or like maybe discarded hard or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, but on its own, the deck is like really good at just like keeping everything on the battlefield. It's just your cantrips that you put sure. in graveyard typically. But yeah, I've been really impressed with the consistency and speed of the deck so mm-hmm. far. The b- bigger issue is that as it's built right now, it's really, really weak to a couple of cards, namely Blood Moon and Chalice of the Void. Okay. I really, really struggled to be able to interact at all with a Blood Moon. Like, my, your mana base is all... It's like, you have one Swamp. <laughs> like, Temples and... and yeah. <laughs> right. It's like Sheldock Isle yeah. and stuff that you, it gets turned off and everything. So, yeah, Blood Moon was became a really r- real problem. Because, like, even if I had my Swamp, or even if I had, like, my Pentad Prism on two, mm-hmm. or a Talisman of Dominance, my... All of my cards are so mana, like, color-intensive... Like, like, even with your Pentad Prism on turn, onto you, like, you just can't afford to use all of that for an inverter because you can't do anything the next turn. And you're never casting your Jace. And sure. you, it's really difficult to cast your Thassa's yeah, Oracle. Oracle is blue-blue. Yeah. 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 It's just you're so mana-intensive huh. that the Blood Moon is just, like, like quad stone rain most of the time. Um, so it's pretty, pretty difficult. Yeah. But I think that like we could fix that a little bit by like adding echoing truth to the sideboard, um, which I did. And then you also need some way to interact with, um, Chalice of the Void. Like pretty much all of my losses have been to those two cards. Right. Well, so you just want some, well, so you're getting Chalice for, for one, because that spoils and Angel's Grace. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you just need some two-mana card that answers both of yeah. those in a way that... So maybe I just need to go up to, like, four Echoing Truth or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, the initial build had, had Hercules Recall, and I was kind of wondering why they had Hercules Recall. And then I played against Eldrazi Tron <laughs> that had, you know, the Chalice and Torpor Orb <laughs> and just, like, all this other stuff that was, like, really bad for me. I was like, oh, That's Hercules. funny that you're ad nauseum... <laughs> style deck just gets like blown out by torpor orb <laughs> it's really crazy um yeah so right so definitely like some tuning there and like need to figure out which hate pieces you need to be prepared for and which ones really hose you mm-hmm. the fact that blood moon hoses you that's hard that's yeah. really tough yeah um but yeah i i think i'm gonna work on that a little more and but... blood moon is real playable right now yeah, I mean, Titan yeah. and is just, like, I think far and away the best deck. Well, and it's not just... And so it's so... I mean, I kind of get it. The the existence of other Titan decks, mm-hmm. and they're, like, consistently, like, around, like, in the top 16 area of a lot of these things. Sure, yeah. While, yeah. you know, three or four slots in the top eight are, are <laughs> Amulet Titan. When you're looking at the challenges, other online tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. I kind of get it, like... You know, you still have Primeval Titan, Dryad, Field, Valakit, mm-hmm. and you're just like doing that in different ways. I've seen, you know, good old Scapeshift just still yeah. exists. Oh, yeah. I think Green White Field, uh, one something. I don't a challenge not not a challenge because Sodek won the last challenge with Dredge. I do I do remember somehow. hearing about Green White doing well in some tournament. Maybe it was like the NRG. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, probably. I, I think it was that. This deck is basically the main deck is just a scapeshift, not scapeshift, but it's a it's a primeval titan. It's like a Valakit list without mountains in it. It's imagine amulet titan, mm-hmm. but take out the most of the bounce lands and the amulets and the azuzas. 
like and you're just playing the the uh valicut package of ramp spells mm-hmm. but you're you do have like the like the lands that are uh like you still have field of the dead and right. valicut and like some other like tutored lands or whatever but right. and i mean it, it it looks yeah it looks like a little bit of a cross but but leaning more towards the Valakut side of things, just with no actual mountains in the main deck. Yeah. And then the sideboard is good, and it's very specific to this metagame, because it has, like, three or four Aven Mind Sensors in it, <laughs> and a bunch of see it. paths and rest in peace. So, like, the sideboard is really powerful. There's no white cards in the main deck, of course. It's all green cards. Yeah. And I've also seen, at like, old-school Valakut and even, like, Simic Titan, which just, I don't understand why that would exist there's no Oko and Urza's not really a thing. So like none of none of this makes a lot of logical sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I do understand like Titan and these things is just good and you can build it in a bunch of like nonsense ways and it will still kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But Amulet is just better at this yeah. than the other decks. Right. And if you're trying to win matches of Magic the Gathering with Primeval Titan, like I strongly encourage <laughs> you to learn how to play Amulet and to play Amulet. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the takeaway mainly from that is that Titan is so strong right now so in Modern good. that you just can't screw it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, you can build it however you want. You can play whatever ramp spells you want to, as long as your deck contains four Primeval Titan and four Castle Garenbrig, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just raw dog at turn five with this Castle Garenbrig. Honestly. get there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, okay, maybe a little bit of ramp. So, yeah, like, you know, turn four. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, turn four Titan is just, it's just lights out. Yeah. And so you got to have a plan to beat Titan with whatever deck you are playing. So yeah. play a fast combo deck like this Inverter thing or, like, the other combo deck that you'll talk about in just a minute. You know, I'm definitely still, like, pretty comfortable playing Druid given just the raw number of Titan decks running around, I feel yep. fine against any of them and way, like, even better against the non-amulet Titan decks. I think that in that energy tournament, the most played deck was amulet and the second most played deck was devoted druid company decks of some stripe. Yep. Um, so it is... Other people are catching on. I've also seen a fair amount of shadow decks, including some some buzz around more aggro shadow decks that mm-hmm. feel like the super old school ones that have like monastery swift spear in them and like yeah about we're, right we're bringing back the the becomingments tbr mm-hmm. style of shadow deck yeah which i love i think it's probably pretty good like i do think that they are favored against these titan decks mm-hmm. thoughtseize and the game is like pretty yeah. good against the ramp deck generally yeah yeah for sure and that's i mean that's just yeah that's just what that deck is mm-hmm. thoughtseize in the, in the game I've, I've definitely heard some mixed reviews about, like, you know, a lot of people I know have tried it out, and I've heard some mixed reviews about, like, how good they ended up thinking it was. It's it's going to be a pillar moving forward, no matter what, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So I think Tommy Ashton, either, I don't remember if he top 8 or top 16, but he, like, X1'd or X2'd the challenge with mm-hmm. it. But that challenge is weird, man. Uh, <laughs> Sodek won with Dredge. Yeah. But he said that he did not play against Amulet in the tournament, so... That's how you win with Dredge. That's how you win with Dredge. Yeah. Um, he had, I believe, failure to comply in his sideboard as his Amulet tech. Yeah. And a, a Comply, name Titan. Name Titan. You're comply not, again, name Titan. I'm not <laughs> please don't Titan me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also in that challenge, white-black 
smallpox tokens top aided. So, you know, there's some shenanigans going on. All right. <laughs> I see. I mean, if they go like, you know, tap land into like scout bounce land and you smallpox them, like you did it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not trying to play Lingering Souls right now. That right. does not sound like a party to me. Yeah. Boo. Boo Lingering Souls. All right. So <laughs> yeah. tell me about this. So, okay. I I'm I'm gonna be upfront. I don't have a lot of knowledge or experience with this deck because okay. I saw it on Twitter an hour and a half ago. Okay, <laughs> but it looks amazing. But I immediately fell in love, so we're gonna talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, yeah. So Martin Yuza uh, tweeted that he has been playing this uh, Underworld Breach deck in Modern. Mm-hmm. He says it's the best Modern deck he's ever played. And looking at the list, it just has the hallmarks of a pretty broken combo deck i think it was pascal that tweeted it out actually maybe oh. maybe use it did too but no it was it was yeah it was pascal maynard okay. excuse me yeah so right so he he tweeted out this deck so it's it's underworld breach uh in jeskai colors mm-hmm. and it's got you know the underworld breach stuff it's but it's surprisingly low on like density of combos like other ways of building this deck that i've seen are like you play Underworld Breach and Kethys, and you're trying to do all that stuff. Or you play Underworld Breach and Jeskai Ascendancy, and you're trying to do all that stuff. Yep. But Pascal's really uh, cleaned this deck up quite a bit, where the combo is pretty self-contained. You're just running four Underworld Breach, four Grinding Station, and those combine together with any zero mm-hmm. to deck yourself. And decking yourself with an Underworld Breach in play is a win. Yeah. Because you have Thassa's Oracle, yeah. and eventually you'll you'll translate your zero into a Mox Amber, which right. will give you yeah. Mana. As long as you have a, a, a an Emery or a Teferi in play, Mox Amber doesn't give you mana mm-hmm. if you don't have one of those. But yeah. you just needed two blue mana saved up. Yeah, if you don't do that, right. Um, but the thing that really stood out to me in this deck is like how many just like external interactive pieces mm-hmm. that there are in this combo deck. Yeah. And that is a really big sign to me that A, this deck is really well tuned and B, it's very powerful because as soon as you start just like not trying to increase the consistency of your combo deck and just trying to make it like interact well, mm-hmm. I think that's just a sign that your your deck is very very powerful so there's there's two galvlasts there's two metallic rebuke there's three teferi and three cryptic command yeah um and on top of all of that you're playing four engineered explosives and emery so you you definitely are able to interact well with a lot of the stuff that your opponent's doing the the two dance of the mance also yeah i was right um the dance of the mance seems sweet because late game if you just like have a stock graveyard you can dance for two and the game ends yep <laughs> because your your x is two uh so your two two cmc things are an underworld breach and a grinding station yep and and then you win <laughs> yeah then you cast a zero and right you, yeah you can have nothing right you can have four like four lands in play well i guess you need a little more mana you need a legendary I think permanent you need a or legend, something yeah. yeah and i i don't know exactly how this deck plays out definitely going to be jamming it mm-hmm. as soon as i can but yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how awkward that element of it is. Like, well, so you, you basically only need one mana, mm-hmm. right? And that can translate into a legendary permanent oh, true, because true. then you can yeah. cast the Emery mm-hmm. from a graveyard, which is plus cards in the graveyard. Yeah, and you go from there. Yeah, right. So yeah, okay. So you just need the one mana. So that's super easy to yeah. manage. Your your most easiest kill is on turn three. Mm-hmm. You just 
Grinding turn station, two, breach. Yeah, turn two, grinding station, turn three, breach. And that's your extra mana is your third land drop. Yep. So you, congratulations, you did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woof. I mean, you need the zero for for that, but, you know, Yeah, you, you're right. You need the zero. Um, you've got ten. Yeah. So, right. So this deck looks really promising. I think I'm going to shelf inverter for it for a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. If I'm not impressed with this, I'll go back. To, I'll actually probably move on to Amulet. My my end-all verdict of the modern inverter deck is that it's not as good as Amulet. So um, I think that's probably a sign that I need to move on. I think that's probably a really common understanding <laughs> of decks in modern. Uh, yeah, right. I, I did see Edgar's tweet of... Or somebody tweeted like... I think uh, Lee tweeted a screenshot of Edgar in Discord. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying, tried this deck... <laughs> Five vote with it. Yeah. It was refreshing. It's not as good as Amulet. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, so this is my next shot at playing something that is potentially not Amulet, that could be better than Amulet, potentially even. But, yeah, if this deck does not live up to my expectations, I'm just going to be casting Primeval Titans. Yeah, I may go ahead and secure the cards that I am missing from this deck, because it's not a lot. This deck actually isn't, like... Nice. Like, as expensive as some of these artifact-based combo no, decks. not so. at all. And you have most of these cards already. Yeah. So. I mean, um, the Scalding Tarns are annoying. Sure. But, yeah. but if you have your fetch lands lined up. You have up your Scalding there. Tarns. Okay, question. Hall of Heliods. What is that card? That is... There's one land that I just do not yeah, know Yeah, so is. that's... I believe that's from Modern Horizons, and that's the land that puts an enchantment on top of your library. Oh. So... That means that having a breach in your graveyard is actually potentially threatening. That's really cool. But we don't really have a way of tutoring up Hall of Heliod's generosity, so I guess it's just kind of like a little extra value thing if you draw it then. Yeah, it it does seem a little awkward because this deck is also a Cryptic Command Mystic Sanctuary deck. Mm -hmm. So maybe the Hall's too cute. It's not an island, but we're only doing one Mystic Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole... Yeah, I, I definitely yeah, want there's to play only one this... Mystic Sanctuary, but there's so there's a hall and a mountain and a plains. Yeah, that's like a lot. It, that. that feels like a lot to me. Like um, we we hated our one forest in our uh, <laughs> in our Oko deck. We're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to play this one forest. It's too much. <laughs> I I put in the mountain because I had all those galvanic blasts, sure. and I was so happy to sideboard it out every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, so you know, a little a little exploration to do in modern. And I'm sure next week we're going to probably be going back to talking about modern because there's not a not a huge tournament this weekend or anything. Is there? Am I just forgetting? Right. There's some IQs? Yeah, this weekend, I think for us, we just have like a local IQ an hour away or so. Okay. But yeah, then after that, we've just got regionals is modern. And then I think the next open is Pioneer in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So... You know, maybe yep. maybe just playing some more inverter again, but we'll see oh, what uh, develops from there. I hope he gets banned. Banned if you time. <laughs> I have my I have my little sign. Yeah, I mean, um, I wonder. Like, obviously, Treasure Cruise is far worse than Dig Through Time in that deck, but I wonder if you can just sort of replace it, and then the deck is still like really obnoxious. I far far worse than Dig Through yeah. Time. Yeah, it also gets shut down by Narset, which is like gigantic. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one saving grace of Narset not being, like, literally the end-all be-all of the mirrors that you get to dig for your downfalls or mm-hmm. whatever. I actually ended up, in like, so Thassa's Oracle is pretty bad in yeah. the matchup. It's, like, really bad in the matchup. Mm-hmm. 
but I kept in a couple just because Jackson are set for one. <laughs> I like I started keeping in a couple after like our plans all like cut them all and we were like didn't want anybody. I was like, nope, you just gotta have like one or two thousand yep. oracles they in can't, your deck. They can't just be allowed to leave that Narset on one and then have it be killing you. Right, because like the game that I played against Zach came down to just like us we both had Jace out for forever and a Narset on one. Yeah. And we were just staring at each other. <laughs> it's just Oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's really awkward. One thing that I noticed was so a, a reasonable number of games where somebody would cast an unmoored ego or you know an extraction effect against I, an sure. inverter player. Yeah, and they would do something like name inverter, mm-hmm. and then they'd just die a couple of turns later. Yeah, I I think in a lot of those games. So I don't think that those extraction effects are like particularly good because you're playing as a deck that's just like well, there's planeswalkers. There's a secret to it. Yeah, you don't name inverter. Do you name Jace? You name Jace. Yes, that's every yeah. time somebody casts one. I was like, if they name Jace here, yeah, then this game would be right. super different. Yeah, that's the secret. Yeah. So all of our listeners, you're welcome. <laughs> if you're playing <laughs> yeah. a deck like Sultai, for example, if you name Jace Wielder of Thought. Then wielder of mysteries. Wielder of wielder. You got to get it right. <laughs> you don't want to get screwed up like I just did. <laughs> you're you're doomed. Uh, if you, if you name Jace, then you are like close to 100 percent to win. And if you name Inverter, you're like close to 20 percent to win. <laughs> so. You're down a card, and then they play a Jace, and they just outvalue you for the rest of the game. Yeah, the number of times I just decked myself normally with Jace was very, very few, or very, yeah, very frequently yeah. against, especially against the Inverter stuff. Uh, yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, so just right. If if you get that extraction effect going, like you can do a good thing, but right. it's it's rarely like taking the like combo piece that's only a combo piece from the deck that's full of interaction and right. card advantage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird because most of the Soltai players that I played against, they boarded in these Unmoored Egos and then named Inverter, but took Emrakul out of their deck post-board. And Emrakul's like the hmm. only way that they could possibly outvalue Jace every turn. Yeah. But so it just felt a little discombobulated plan. I Yeah, I think that if like they figured out like a better approach to all of that, it would be much better. So... Uh, there's that but yeah 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 we will see what happens in pioneer going forward we're going to pay more attention to modern for a hot minute but then we will be back to it so um indeed let's see do we have any patreon questions to answer okay actually we've got (laughs) all right for our patreon question of the week i'm ready we got philip marshall in chat asking Sup, boys? Can you tell me why I should play Snow Jund with Blood Moon? Um, and then Lee makes the gracious offer to pick him up and drive Philip to Jund rehab. Um, <laughs> Philip loves Jund. Well, you see, Snowlands are great because Astrolabe is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Blood Moon is really good in the format right now. So I, honestly, I see nothing wrong with any of these things. <laughs> I, Philip, I support you. And you should do what you love. So I do think Jun, uh, I do think Blood Moon is very good, and I don't really know what the home for it that I would feel really comfortable playing it in is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play just some like really mid rangey deck because every time you don't draw Blood Moon, like 
you're just gonna die to field of the dead yeah and the a lot of those decks are pretty good at answering a blood moon yeah the and it feels weird to say but that ponza deck and i'm putting ponza in quotation marks because it's not really a ponza deck anymore it doesn't have molten rain or mm-hmm. stone rain or anything it's yeah. just a it's like turbo blood moon yeah the deck you so so the cool thing about that deck is that you get to run once upon a time and you run magus of the moon instead of blood moons so you in a blood moon matchup you have a really good shot at having a blood moon and then the rest of the deck you know it has some kind of mopey cards but you are playing very powerful mana acceleration with utopia sprawl and arbor elf and there's probably some configuration of it that's like pretty fine and does a really good job of blood mooning people. Yeah. So, you know, this is not at all answering Philip's question, which is a joke about forcing Jund in a <laughs> metagame that's not going to be particularly friendly to it in a format that isn't that that has moved long past it. But yeah, well, Philip, might I introduce you to your potential new love in modern, which is uh, Sultai Uro. Yeah, that's true. That deck is really impressive. You, it's like Jund, but instead of red cards, you play Uro and other blue grindy cards. And you guys have put Mystical Dispute in your sideboard, I assume. So. Oh, yeah. Right. That sounds um, great. Yeah, if you want to grind in modern, you definitely have access to like good ways of doing that. Uro is really strong. Okay. And Uro, like, you know, it's been proven in modern or in Pioneer as well, where uh, Uro plus black inter- interaction mm-hmm. like the discard and the fatal pushes and stuff like that it goes a long way okay yeah do you have to I, so i don't really know these lists i mean are we just like powering out uro with like fetch lands in our interaction or are there like wayfinders yeah no or... no wayfinders okay because like that doesn't seem good enough you just play fetches and uh, i think there are a couple of ways of doing it some people have been playing snow basics and astrolabe with it because it does like the mana base is pretty rough mm-hmm when you're trying to cast black spells and Uro. And Uro, yeah. But you don't... It's modern. You don't need to bend over backwards to fill up your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Tarmogoyf effect of you just like let it be a good card. Sure. Um, and it typically works out. Okay. So, yeah, I saw Reed Duke tuning some lists um, with that. Yeah. So There's a reason that Uro is apparently a $50 card now, so... It certainly is. It's, you know... Um, it's, they're good cards, Bront. They're good cards. <laughs> yeah. One green blue. <laughs> well, It'll be fine. <laughs> One green blue cards that are mythics. They're never how, broken. How bad could it be? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really, really appreciate your time. Uh, everybody who has supported us on Patreon, we do appreciate your support. If you would like to lend us some support, you can head over to patreon.com slash mtggrindcast. Sign up for whatever tier you feel comfortable with or gets you the rewards you desire. Um, you could also go straight to our website, mtggrindcast.com. We got links to the Patreon, links to all of the episodes and stuff. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us. I am at CCR underscore Grindcast. The podcast is also on Twitter at, at MTG underscore Grindcast. Collins is also on Twitter at Collins Mullen. Uh, and you can catch us live every Tuesday on Twitch at 730 twitch.tv Collins Mullen. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Peace.